Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. What is up and welcome back to Hashtag Storytime, the podcast where I bring you everyday stories from everyday people. Brought to you by iHeartRadio and Curativity. I'm your host, Will Multi-Level Marketing McFadden. Exciting announcement! (laughs) Hashtag Storytime was selected as a Webby Awards honoree in the category of Best Podcast Host. I shit you not, this is not a joke or a prank. At least I hope it's not. I mean, it's on the website. So if this is a prank, they went to some pretty great lengths to fuck with me. And I respect that. <laughs> Funny thing, though. Uh, guess who else is nominated? Uh, that's right. My arch podcast nemesis, Seth Rogen, for his work on the other Storytime podcast. So maybe uh, maybe they fucked up. And maybe they I was actually supposed to be nominated and he was supposed to be the honoree. That's probably what happened. Regardless, hopefully this gets the word out about hashtag story time, you know, and get some more uh, fable babies to join the stable baby. But it's, you know, it's really hard to get more people to listen to your podcast. Um, There's just so many podcasts out there and they all think they're the best, even though we know that we're the best. So, I'm, you know, I've been trying to think of some different ways to grab people's attention, you know, guerrilla marketing, do some maybe IRL events, more NFTs. Maybe I need to move the podcast to the metaverse. That's probably what I should do. Maybe we should make a new coin, fable coin, right? Some sort of new crypto podcast currency. Oh, 
what if we do some stunty things? You know, like what if we did like a live slam poetry storytelling jam at a library? You know, that'll get people talking quietly. Maybe we'll set the world record for most times getting shushed. Or we could do maybe like a intimate storytelling open mic at Niagara Falls or something. I don't know. That's a dumb idea, but I'm just spitballing here, okay? Ah, God, what do people like? People like beef, you know? That gets people fired up. Maybe I need to actually wrestle Seth Rogen for the ultimate right to the storytime name and trademark. Yeah! Now we're talking. I mean, YouTubers are getting paid millions to box each other. I'm sure at least a handful of people would watch some podcasters wrestle. Fuck it. Let's do this, Rogan. Seth, not Joe. Joe, you freak me out. The mustachioed marauder is coming for you, Seth. That's my wrestling name. And when I hit you with my signature move, the lip tickler, that's where I gently rub my mustache on your upper lip, you will tap faster than Fred Astaire on cocaine. And then the rights and the trademark to the Storytime podcast will be mine, baby. Oh, yeah. And now I'm calling on all you fable babies out there to tweet at Mr. Rogan and tell him that I'm coming for him. So he better watch his hairy back. Whew. Went full macho man there. Sorry about that. All of this leads me to today's story told by our guest, Mike Johns. Now, you may know Mike from the Tender Blood Sport and Popcorn Book Club podcasts on the iHeart Network. And he's also the co-host of the absurdly beloved literary event in Atlanta, Write Club. Mike told me a story that involves a bunch of bookworms, a novelist, and a butcher. Imagine this scenario. You see a fight. Like, are you... Are you running towards it or are you running away mm -hmm. is the question. So I want you to imagine me. I'm in my mid-20s. I am brand new still to my first career type job. I'm a new reporter, uh, an arts and culture reporter at uh, Atlanta's uh, public radio affiliate station. And I'm not expecting to be running towards or away from anything that even resembles a fight. Right. I'm covering theater. Yeah, it's not part of the job description, generally. <laughs> no, it's not in there at all. But then the Decatur Book Festival comes along. They've been going for over a decade now. Tens of thousands of people show up every Labor Day weekend. Famous authors show up and they do readings and they give panel discussions. It's a whole thing. But back then, it was still very much in its infancy. And the directors were looking for ways to sort of shake things mm -hmm. up, make it not your grandfather's book festival. So they staged a wrestling match. <laughs> What are the what are the youths into these days? Fighting, yeah, right. Fighting, That'll yeah. get them to the book show. <laughs> it's like we want to do Hunger Games, but for real. Um, <laughs> so I show up with a microphone. It's a bright, sunny, hot Labor Day weekend, mm -hmm. and I'm wandering my way through this book festival. You know, it's 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 nerds. It's nerd fest. It's yeah. people carrying around stacks of books that they've gotten signed by their favorite authors. <laughs> it's people carrying tote bags around. It's a very NPR crowd. Right. It's Comic-Con, but no cosplay. It's, yeah, exactly. It's Renaissance Fair, but in modern day. And it's funny because here in Atlanta <laughs> on Labor Day weekend, 
there is a, there is Dragon Con going on like right across town. So like <laughs> you get it it is a nerd weekend. It's a right. it's pretty it's pretty incredible. It's a perfect storm of nerd. So everything looks normal until I get to the Decatur Square and there is an actual wrestling ring sh- set up. Uh I'm talking, you know, stretch canvas, turnbuckles, the you know, the brightly colored ropes, the whole nine. And there's a there's a crowd yeah. gathered around it, and I spot one of the directors of the book festival, and I ask him the question. Mm-hmm. I stick the microphone in his face. I ask him the question that is on everybody's mind. What? <laughs> <laughs> and he laughs and he says, "Well, here at the book festival, we try to do things a little bit differently." And so I approached this writer, and I asked him what he wanted to do. If you could do anything at the book festival, you know, that's not a reading, that's not a panel discussion, that's not just a book signing, what would you want to do? Now, the guy he's talking about is this author named Michael Muhammad Knight. Michael mm-hmm. Muhammad Knight is, he's a young man, American. He converted to Islam at a young age, mm-hmm. and he started writing about it. Most notably, he wrote this novel called The Taqwa Corps. Um, which drew upon his experience with youth culture in Islam. And uh, it's about this underground, this fictionalized underground punk rock movement. Um, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty exciting. So he's bold, he's brash, he's young. And they ask Michael Muhammad Knight, if you could do anything at a book festival, what would you want to do? And he tells them, there is a wrestler in Atlanta named Abdullah the Butcher. I want to wrestle him. And then the director of the festival gestures <laughs> at the at the turnbuckles and the stretched canvas and the brightly colored ropes and he's like and here we are. I got to say too, Michael Muhammad Knight is an awesome name for a wrestler. It is a superhero name, man. Yeah. It's great. It's it's perfect for what if, you know, he's a punk rocker, he's a rest, like he's like he's an amateur wrestler when he's not writing novels. <laughs> what a like, badass. Per- yeah, perfect. So that's the how. Yeah. The why is a lot more complicated. Wandering through the crowd, I find Michael Muhammad Knight and we exchange pleasantries. Hey, I'm Mike from the radio station. We've been emailing back and forth. Um could I talk to you after the match? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's all jazzed up. He's jumping up and down. And I want to, I want to plant this. I want to give you this picture. He, cause he looks amazing as amazing as, as his name is. He looks incredible. He's got these gold wraparound sunglasses. Yes. Look, they look like, they look like Elvis impersonator glasses. He's wearing this white satin cape. That's like billowing in the wind. Hell yeah. He's got these gold boots on that are like laced up to his calves. He looks amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave you to it because obviously your head is somewhere else. You're about to step into the ring. In the shadows next to the ring, there's a little booth, a little tent. And in that tent is Abdullah the Butcher. (laughs) Abdullah, he's not a tall man, but in every other way, he is enormous. He is wide. He is round. He's he's got these this deep brown skin and these like dark eyes and his bald shaved head is deeply rutted from years and years of scar tissue getting hit with chairs 
Exactly. <laughs> and he's selling barbecue sauce. <laughs> because he's retired and he owns a barbecue restaurant here in Atlanta. He's doing fine. He's what a nice guy. And I ask him, hey, do you have a comment today about the fight that's about to take place? Yeah. And he says, yeah, I'll talk to you. I have to go kick this guy's ass first. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do you say to that? Fair enough. Right. I'm not going to argue with the most terrifying motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Selling barbecue sauce, too. Selling I, I, barbecue sauce. <clears throat> I pictured him over there with a cleaver, and he was just, like, hacking away at, you know, like, a, a <laughs> lamb's leg or something. So, I've still got my microphone, got my big old headphones on. I'm gathering crowd sounds. I'm talking to people. Can you believe there's a wrestling match at a book festival? Yeah, what do you, what do you believe? It? Yeah. And there's a pretty sizable crowd gathering around. I would not have expected that out of a bunch of nerds mm -hmm. at a book festival, you know, with, you know, carrying armloads of books around. But there's, you know, there's, there's folks, there's passerby, there's, uh, there's obviously readers. There's maybe even a couple of folks who have read some of Michael Muhammad Knight's books. Mm -hmm. um, there are people with families little kids running around it's like a festival day it's wonderful yeah, yeah and then a barker climbs up into the ring and he starts shouting at the crowd we're here today to see the battle between the literary giant michael muhammad knight <laughs> and the literal giant abdullah the butcher i see what you did there very nice yeah yeah and then abdullah's manager gets up into the ring. Now, his manager is dressed in a linen suit. He looks like Colonel Tom Parker. He's dressed in a <laughs> linen suit. He's wearing like a cowboy hat. Old Southern guy. And he gets up into the ring and he says, now we have this challenger here set to fight Abdullah the Butcher, but we've got this place here in Atlanta called Grady Hospital. Now, you can bow out of the fight now or we can go ahead and call to Cab County. The choice is yours. <laughs> ring the bell, please. And they ring the bell. Do they have an ambulance standing by? I did not see one. <laughs> and they probably should have had one. Yeah. Just out of a just out of an abundance of caution. Totally. But they were It's a book festival. Why do we need an ambulance? Nobody's ever gotten hurt at a book festival. There may have been some stubbed toes here or there, some yeah. paper cuts. <laughs> Aside from some paper cuts. I got I don't poked think... in the eye, you know, yeah. kind of with a pen when I was getting a, my book signed. I don't know. Did Neil deGrasse Tyson ever start a fist fight with anybody? That's yet to be seen. <laughs> I don't think so. No. He no, would use some, you know, he would use physics or something you know, <laughs> to spaghettify somebody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER 
LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Michael Muhammad Knight jumps into the ring. And again, he looks great. He's all psyched up. He's jumping up and down. His satin cape is flowing in the wind. And he's taunting Abdullah from inside the ring. Now, just to back up a little bit, Abdullah the Butcher was a pro wrestler, to be sure, here Mm -hmm. in Atlanta and around the country in the 80s and 90s. He's been retired for a long time now. He's probably about 60 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. And I imagine after a career of being beat to a pulp and flying through the air and getting hit with folding chairs and stuff, Mm -hmm. his knees are not what they used to be. Yeah, Him getting up into the ring, non-starter. So he's standing outside the ring. He's got this young buck just shouting at him from inside the ring. So he does what anybody would do in that position. He waits for Mike Muhammad Knight to get close enough to the ropes. He grabs him by his golden ankles and he yanks. <laughs> Michael hits the he hits the canvas hard. And nobody has time to breathe before Abdullah just yanks him out of the ring and into the grass. And then it's a fight. Then it's a wrestling fight. Michael Muhammad, he's he, he, you know he's trying to recover. He gets up, and it's just a moment later that Abdullah swings a folding chair. Bam! Hits him right in the head. Where did the folding chair? This is a standing room only crowd, mind you. Where did the chair come from? Well, if there wasn't a folding chair around, there wouldn't be a folding chair there to hit another wrestler with. So right. it's wrestling. This is I feel a like rock- Abdullah the butcher brings his own folding chairs wherever he goes. He's got to have them on standby. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he's got, got a, his his like Swiss Army knife of like wrestler tricks right here. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> hits him with a chair. Knight hits the ground, and he's you know he's trying to recover. He's get, he gets back up to his feet. He's just on his feet, and 
and Abdullah the Butcher grabs him and throws him into a folding table. Again, where'd the table come from? If there wasn't a table there, there wouldn't be a table there for a wrestler to get thrown through. It's it's not rocket science. Right. Is there a ref at this? No. <laughs> so there's no clear way for somebody to get pinned and end this thing. Oh boy. Not not that I remember. I do this is it was very very grassroots. Yeah. So Michael is he's getting back up to his feet. And Abdullah is standing over him. Now let's zoom out for a second. Abdullah the Butcher had his wrestling career in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. He was what was known in wrestling parlance as a heel. Okay. A bad a bad guy wrestler. Mm-hmm. The guy that the audience loves to hate. Yeah. And he got his nickname, Abdullah the Butcher, because this guy likes to bring knives into the ring with him. <laughs> oh, great. Michael is getting back up to his feet, and Abdullah is standing over him, and I see from the other side of the ring Abdullah raising his fist in the air. And I see something glint in the Labor Day sunlight. <laughs> and he brings that fist down onto Michael's head. Bam! Michael hits the ground hard, and he does not move. The crowd fucking loves this. <laughs> the crowd goes <laughs> ape shit. People are screaming, people are dropping their books and like hollering and yelling, Get him! Kill him! Finish him off! I've never seen anything like that. The crowd tasted a little bit of blood, and yeah. they were swarming. And it was it was crazy. It was incredible. And then the blood starts to pool on the pavement outside of the ring. I'm still recording sound. I've got my microphone out. It takes people a couple of minutes to realize this is real. That's not a blood packet. He That man is hurt. And he's not getting up. Mm-hmm. A couple of minutes goes by and somebody shouts, can somebody get an ambulance? Paramedics are called. A couple of minutes later, they arrive. Police start pushing people back. And I'm scanning the crowd and I see the directors of the festival. And they are looking from the paramedics to Michael, to the ambulance, and at me. And they are no longer... My friend, <laughs> they are very worried because an author who they invited is about to get put into an ambulance mm-hmm. and they are responsible and I'm a reporter doing my job. <laughs> so the paramedics bandage his head. They put him on a stretcher. They load him into the back of an ambulance. And that's when I realize, damn it. I was supposed to interview him after the match. <laughs> My editor is going to be pissed. <laughs> also, where where did Abdullah go after that brutal blow? Did he just vanish into the crowd? It was it was as if it was as if he was a ninja and he threw a smoke bomb down and just di- just disappeared. Him, his manager, the his barbecue bottles, sauce. The bottles of barbecue sauce gone. <laughs> Nowhere to be seen. He he ski-daddled. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> so they zoom away in, a, in an ambulance. And I head back to the air-conditioned hospitality uh, tent. Mm-hmm. And I begin to drink. Because I know 
two things. One, that man is seriously injured. And two, I'm about to blow past my deadline, and that's just going to have to be okay. <laughs> I get back home, and I start madly trying to get in touch with Michael Muhammad Knight, if only to make sure he's alive. Yeah. But also, I have a story to finish. <laughs> I f eventually get a hold of him on Facebook, and I message him, hey, I'm probably the last guy you want to talk to right now. Okay, the second to last guy you want to talk to right now. But would you mind going on the record to talk about the wrestling match that took place? I hear from him two days later. I'm sweating bullets. And he goes, yeah, let's talk. We get on the phone. Thank God. I breathe this huge sigh of relief. Thank he's God. Alive. Okay. He's yeah. alive. He's okay. So is my story. Okay. Yeah. Let's yeah. get him on the phone. Let's get you on tape. He answers the phone. He's back at his he's back at his place in uh in New York. Okay. And I get a chance to ask him what everybody else in the crowd was wondering. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> what? What? He tells me he had to get 17 stitches in his head. Oh my god. But he's back home and he's resting. He's going to be okay. He says that when he was a kid, he used to watch Abdullah the Butcher on TV, and he was one of his idols, and he was also terrified of him. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Giant guy with knives <laughs> who stabs people. He was the boogeyman. Yeah. He was the monster under the bed to Michael, and he tells me a little bit about his writing process. He says, when you're a writer, you need to approach it like a pro wrestler you need to leap off the top rope you need to take the chair shot flush in the dome <laughs> you need to bleed to tell your story mm -hmm. he tells me that when he stepped into the ring that day he pretty much knew that it was going to go down the way that it went down but he had to do it because the only way that you can approach a story and really bleed for it is without fear and if you step into a ring and you're still afraid to get hurt you, you're gonna be dead meat he said that he confronted his boogeyman he stepped into the ring and he looked abdullah right in the eye and he didn't see a monster anymore he saw a man even if he was the one who got beat to hell for it <laughs> so if i can answer my own question if you see a fight, do you run towards it or do you run away? If you run away, you're never going to confront that fear and your stories just aren't going to be as good. Mm -hmm. Amen, brother. And whoever said, like, anybody who thinks wrestling is not real, they should, you know, they should go ahead and give uh, Michael Muhammad Knight a call. Yeah. <laughs> Ask him about it. Yeah. He's got the he's got the scar tissue to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, welcome back. How were those ads? Did you listen to them or did you skip them? I hope you listened because that's how we get paid. Now, it's time for another story from our Storyoki event that we did in New York last year. TikTok legend Brandon Alexander told a story that involved Taco Bell, skateboarding, and a traumatic brain injury. On October 11th, actually, two years ago, I was in a really bad skateboarding accident on a boosted board. I left my house from Lower Manhattan going to Taco Bell on Fulton Street, and um, I just wanted some fucking Taco Bell. And my mom was like, hey, can you go to Mad Dog and Beans on your way there? I was like, sure. And so I left my house at 9.50, or 8.50 p.m., and by 9.13 p.m., I was in the hospital, and we're like, how how did you get there? And so I was being treated, my mom, like, my mom got this really weird feeling that I was, um, she's like, what's taking so long, even though I'd only been gone for like 10 minutes? And I was like, okay. So she calls the hospital, and she, first she checks my location. It was like, hey, where's Brandon? And she, she looks at Taco Bell, and she looks at the hospital right near Taco Bell, and she's like, he's at the wrong place. Why is he not, why is he not at Taco Bell? He's at the hospital. So she tells my brother, and my brother was like, call the hospital. And so she call the, calls the hospital and was like, hey, is my son there? And they're like, uh, yeah, we have someone who matches his description. Um, will you be visiting? And mom was like, visiting? Is he, is he alive? And she was like, and they're like, well, he's in critical condition and we don't really know what's going on. So um, we're gonna, but we can't tell you anything more because of HIPAA. And, and she was like, okay, I'm on my way. So she gets there and um, she can see me from like the check-in. She sees me like, right as you, I can see it. You walk in, it's like right there. And she sees me like 
she described it as flopping around the bed like a flounder, which is her terminology for saying having extreme seizures. <laughs> and um, so she walks in, and the nurses were just like, oh, yeah, drug overdose. And my mom was like, no, he's not a drug overdose. He was going to Taco Bell. And so then they're like, what? And so she was like, no, he, his skateboard's right, right next to me. How do you not make this connection? And she, they, she was like, or they were like, well, I don't know. And so as my mom walks in the room, I don't remember this, obviously. I was incapacitated. But my mother told me that as she walked in the room, she's like, Brandon. And I, and I, I stopped seizing, and I sat up, and I looked at her. And as soon as I looked at her, she was like, okay, lights are out. He hit his head. Something's not okay. And as I went, to, she went to like reach for my hand. And as I went to reach for her hand, it's some shit out of a movie, yo. And I like my eyes rolled back in my head, and blood started pouring out of my ear. And I fell back and started seizing again. And so she, then all the all the nurses just witnessed that. They're like, "Oh yeah, he's not a drug overdose." So they ended up doing a CT scan or trying to, but I was like, obviously not sitting still. Um, so they intubated me and put me under, and then I had emergency brain surgery, and that was fun. I had the entire left side of my skull removed, um, and I have a little fun little guy. This one it goes, if you can see that. I don't know, can you see that? It goes all the way around. It goes all the way around in the back of my head. Um, and so this is like the first part of the story. <laughs> so buckle up. After surgery, my mom asked the doctor, she's like, is it, how long is recovery going to be? And he's like, whoa, no, no. We don't know if he's going to walk. We don't know if he's going to talk. We don't know if he's going to survive the night. And so then they were like, I was like, oh, okay. So they transferred me uptown. And three days later, I woke up from a coma. And um, I had, they had taken the intubation tube out of me. And my first reaction was to take the oxygen mask off me and throw it across the room. And so they were like, okay, so he's in good spirits. And I couldn't speak English. I forgot how to speak English. Um, three days later after that, so six days after the accident, I was eating a turkey sandwich. And the doctors walk, walked in and they're like, what are you doing? And he was like, and, I, and my mom was like, he wanted a sandwich. And they're like, he cannot be sitting up right now. He doesn't have a skull in his head. What are you doing? And um, I was like, and I was like, I just wanted food and I just wanted to eat. And they're like, no, you get applesauce and that's it. And seven days later, I started walking. And then three days after that, they were like, how is he? Okay, to rehab you go. And so I was in rehab for two weeks after that. Then fast forward two months. December 19th, 2019, I got my new skull put in. And that new skull was, um, was supposed to be a fully custom-made like, skull for my head. Um, and turns out, everything was great. I was like, okay, we're good, I'm fine. In the process, started working for 368, 16 months following, all the way up until um, January of this year. I had gotten really insecure, because I had a bump in my head, like on the side of my face, and I was like, what am I gonna do? Like, I, I can't, I can't look at myself in the mirror. So, I went. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go see a plastic surgeon and see what they can do. Go to the plastic surgeon, and he was like, let's run some CT scans on you just to make sure like everything's good up there. And so, in this, they did this really cool CT that showed like every orifice of my face, and it was really weird. You could even you could see, even even see the mask on my face, and I was like, okay. So. Following that, we, we go to sit down after he's examined the x-rays, and I go back in for a follow-up appointment, and he was like, okay, so um, you have a death button. 
I was like, what? He's like, yeah, a, a death button. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, the back of your head. You know, you would talk to me about because I, I had a little like, well, it felt like a little dent in my head. Um, and I was like, this, it, I was told by my old surgeon that it would um, fuse together over time. If anyone knows anything about brains and skulls, they stop growing when you're like 15. So <laughs> they, there's, there, there's not, nothing's fusing. And so I'm sitting there and he, and he was like, basically you have a, a gap about an inch, two inches wide and two inches tall in the back of your head that if someone were to flick you at any time or like, for like, ha ha, what's up Brandon? They'd be like, I would die immediately. I would have immediate stroke and die. And so I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so like the past 16 months of my life, I'm just like, so the time the Snapple fell on my head could have killed me? Oh, cool. And, and so then three months later, two months later, I go in for my, at this time, third brain surgery. Um, and he gave me three options. He goes, you can either have number one where you, we can just fix the muscles because the way your jaw works is like has like muscles that run down your jaw and they connect like the top of your skull. When the, new, when the second surgery, when they put the skull on, they didn't reattach the muscles. So imagine like, have you ever like gotten new curtains and you like hang them up and they're like really bunched up and you're like, come on, just straighten out and they don't straighten out and you're like, fuck, so you have to like steam them. Basically, the plastic surgeon had to go in and steam my muscles and reattach them to my skull. Um, but the problem was that there was this hole and they were like, okay, so we're gonna, just gonna, we're just gonna you, have, you can either just leave it how it is, which I don't recommend, or you can have us just totally redo it. And I was like, option two, go immediately, now, please. And so now I have, um, this is, I've, I've had three surgeries in the past two months again, so. Um, but now I have a skull made by NASA, which is cool. I'm one of 88 people in the world with his, um, it was designed on the ISS, like, which is really cool because I can like, be like, yeah, I'm, I'm number one German because it was made in Germany, but then engineered by NASA, but it was, it was cool. And so then I'm like, yeah, I'm good, everything's great. And then July 4th this year, and I wake up and I was like, my nose is bleeding, what the fuck? And I was like, I don't wanna get it on my sheets. So I jump out of bed and I like start walking to the bathroom. By the time I'm getting to the bathroom, I'm, I'm like, oh, straight back, nail my head on the floor and I'm like, here we go again. And like my brain started swelling with fluid and like then moving back to the city cause I was out on Long Island and I was like, I need to go to the hospital but they won't take me to NYU where all my doctors are. They're, they're gonna take me to Stony Brook and Stony Brook is not gonna, they're gonna mistreat me. <laughs> and cause I have trust issues with hospitals now. Rightfully so. <laughs> and so now um, they, they wanted to put, or they put a peritoneal shunt in, which is like a tube that runs from the back of my spine to my stomach, and then that failed twice. And they're like, okay, we're going to put one from your brain down to your stomach. And I was like, okay. So now I have a new little tube on my, on my body, and um, I call him Tubi. And he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's he, sometimes I'll be like, oh, hey, how you doing, buddy? And I'll, I'll forget he's there, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, I have this thing that if I like, press really hard on my chest, I could swell my brain. Um, but yeah, I'm a Oh, I forgot the biggest part of the story. Oh, my God. Back to the, the beginning. I rode by the World Trade Center and the Federal Reserve and like going that from Battery Park to Taco Bell. I'm a ghost. The World Trade Center, Federal Reserve, like every building in the World Trade Center by the memorial, no one has camera footage. There's no 911 call. There is no ambulance record. There is no hospital footage. My medical records from the day of the accident are gone. So like you look at my medical records, it goes from like September 4th 
where I had like my ADD medicine pre like filled, and then to October 21st when I left the hospital and like was checked in at rehab at NYU. So I'm literally a ghost, and there's a diplomat waiting to go kill me. So is that? The crazy thing, the same thing happened to me. Yeah, the whole story. Yeah, the same exact thing. So weird. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad you're here, though, man. I'm glad you're here today. Um, okay, so after listening to both of the stories from today's episode, I have reevaluated some things. And, you know, I think I'm going to skip out on the whole stunty guerrilla marketing things and, you know... Maybe just keep posting stuff on the internet from the safety of my tufted velvet sofa. So if you tweeted at Seth Rogen and told him that I wanted to wrestle him, maybe just delete those tweets. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I just might not ever leave the house again. Have you ever had a near-death experience or a full-death experience? and you're a ghost listening to this podcast? If so, I would love to hear your story. Please call the Storytime Hotline at 323-741-1873. Next week, we are doing a Listener Tales episode, and there's a great chance that you'll be featured on it. Call me. Leave me a message. Tell me a story. Thank you so much for listening to Hashtag Storytime. I'd love to give another big thanks to Mike Johns. As always, you can head on down to the description and you can find links to all the awesome stuff he's got going on. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps us out a lot and I literally read every single one of them. Hashtag Storytime is produced by iHeartRadio and Curativity Productions. Hosted by Will McFadden. Sound designed by Tony Maddox. Written by Will McFadden and Jason Shapiro. Produced by Jason Shapiro, Daniela Mora, and Jordan Elijah Michael. Theme song by Scott Simons. Artwork by John Kusagaya. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.